Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is Arjun Dingra, who had sales and business development at All Western Mortgage, but also has a huge marketing and social presence. Arjun's background includes not just mortgage and marketing, but being an athlete and coach on the international stage. He was the 2007 and 2014 world champion in Taekwondo and co-head coach for Team USA in that sport for many years. He just wrapped up a very successful event for real estate professionals through his LFG Energy brand, and I wanted to talk to him about how he is winning in this market and encouraging other professionals to do the same. Arjun, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Sarah. It's nice to be on here and actually a huge thrill considering that I listen to you almost every morning, but today I actually get to be on with you. Oh my gosh. Well, a big thrill for me as well. You know, we have you on often at different housing wire events because you are such a marketing expert and you have really nailed the ability to talk to both mortgage and real estate professionals and get them energized and excited and really share a lot of information. So I am very excited to have you on. Thanks, my friend. Well, let's start at the beginning. So you just, um, you're, I mean, you are a multifaceted guy, right? So we're going to talk about a lot of those things, but let's talk about the mortgage part first. When did you get into mortgage? How did that happen? The same story that everyone has, which is that, you know, you fall into it by accident, right? Nobody wakes up and says, I want to end up in mortgage or go there. So I was in college. Uh, it was, the year was 2001 and I was set to graduate the next year and go off and do my MBA at UCLA, where my dad did his. So I wanted to kind of fall in his steps. And I just thought that that's going to be my progression. I knew I wanted to end up in business. I just didn't know what kind of business or what specific area. And I had some friends that had dropped out of school and started doing mortgages down in Vegas. And these guys were doing so well as mortgage brokers in 2001. So for all the listeners that were around the industry at the time, you know how crazy and wild things were. I thought these friends of mine were dealing drugs. They were making so much money and driving such nice cars. So I was like, I want to do what you guys are doing. What, what is this? They said, we're mortgage brokers and we need help up there in Reno. So can you help us? And I said, sure. So I started going to veterans homes and collecting paperwork back when nothing was digital and everything was handwritten. And that's how I got started in the industry. It's been 23, almost 24 years later, and I still haven't gone to grad school. So <laughs> I guess that's off. Yeah, well, it looks like you made the right choice. So let's talk about this current market for a little bit because, okay, so starting in 2001, you have seen your share of ups and downs, different parts of the market. How does this market right now compare to some of that? You know, I think they're all what we make of them, right? It's very easy to draw comparisons and it's natural too. And for like people who are in the industry now that this is their first real market cycle or whether you want to call it a correction or you know, bump in the road or adversity, then this is the biggest deal to them. And for others, we try and compare it to, you know, times that were maybe worse or similar or what have you. They're obviously all unique. And I'm still a student of the game. So even though I may have been in this industry now for 23 years and seen a few cycles, including the 08 crash, they're all different. And I'm going to continue to learn from them because this will certainly not be the last one. These are just a matter of when they happen, not if. And I think this current market is unique because if I do what, again, what others do, which is co contrast it to another one, and let's contrast it to 08. 08, we had 
so much inventory, so many options for people to choose from in terms of homes because everyone was selling them and there were so many available that were bank owned or being short sold. But the stigma around the industry and the optics and the perception was not good, right? You couldn't even tell people that you were in mortgage because, you know, the whole world was very, very disappointed and angry at financial institutions, mortgage professionals, brokers, real estate agents. So it was just a very different time. Now, you know, there's no stigma or negative perception or bad optics. There's just no homes to choose from, right? Like we have an inventory crisis. And so it's a different market cycle, but it is what you make of it, right? The opportunities are there. And I think as all mortgage professionals need to adhere to, which is easier for us sometimes than it is for real estate agents, we have to pivot to where markets are a little bit maybe more fluid, or maybe there are more opportunities in certain areas. Like I'm here in the Bay Area, where inventory is super, super constricted, much like other major markets. But in high price markets like this, there's just it's completely gridlocked. So we pivot. We work in other states because I have licenses and the ability to do business now in this new digital age across state lines and work in other markets. And we work in the second home market or we work in the investment property market. So there's always ways to do it. But this current market has been challenging. But I, you know, again, having been through a few cycles, I've really embraced it and see it as, you know, almost like a like a, exactly what it is. It's a challenge, but something that I'm excited about and just keep pushing through. So you are relentless at marketing. And, and I mean that in the in the best way possible, right? Like, and you hold yourself to that account. You're like, you know, you're in the market you're in, you have to, you know, if you want to succeed in this market, you have to deal with this market. So I think that's a, a really interesting thing. So when you when you looked at like, okay, we're going to pivot to these different things. When did you make that decision? When when did that come about? So it happened about five, almost six years ago, Sarah, I had become completely commoditized. Now I work, and maybe some listeners can relate to this, uh, I work in a very big bank centric market, right? Like most real estate agents and real estate professionals prefer to, or even think like their first reaction is to refer their clients to a big banker or someone in private manage, private wealth management, where they can get, you know, special red carpet or preferential treatment. Although that's come under fire, given some news that came out just today about some of these large institutions, but we won't go there right now. And so I, you know, being a correspondent banker, that's kind of like stood in the middle. I'm not a broker. I'm a banker. I've got the best of both worlds, but I've always got my hand in the air trying to stand out. And I know I'm very good at what I do and I have great relationships and the ability to, to strike those. But I reached this point at which I almost quit the industry. And that was at my 16 year mark. So it's not like I was a rookie. I've been doing this for some time. So I got stood up for a meeting with a partner. And then I got yelled at by a couple of other real estate professionals and lost a client to a big bank. And it was just like this terrible day. And I thought, you know what? I think I'm done. I think I'm finished with this. So I called up my business coach and asked him, uh, I, you know, what do you think? I think I should just kind of walk away from this. It's been great knowing you. Appreciate all your help. But maybe I should try something different. And he just told me flat out, look, I know you're good at what you do. And you know you're good at what you do. And maybe the last few clients do. But does anybody else? If I Google you or I try and find you online, what am I going to find out? And aside from my martial arts background and career there, there was nothing about me. And he says, I don't know what the answer is, but you're going to have to change that somehow, some way. So that's when the light bulb went off because social media was always there for me, but it was just that. It was social and it was a way of keeping in touch with college friends. It was a way of trying to date. It was a way of just, you know, it, it was just my social circle, but I never figured out or, you know, made that connection that this could be a way to connect with more people and build community. 
and start spreading information and creating a brand. And so I went to a big marketing event that was put on by Gary Vaynerchuk, obviously the global marketing authority in Miami. And then the rest was kind of history. I just knew that this would be a way that I could create separation and I could start to put out information and content that would make me more well-known as a brand and personal authority and thought leader, but also help me connect with more consumers directly so that I would stop relying on referral sources and referral partners and kind of waiting for business to come to me, but actually create it. So that's how the journey kind of started. It's been evolving. I'm still a student of it. I don't consider myself an expert by any means, but it's definitely made the business fun and kind of re-inspired me and reinvigorated me for it because, you know, just punching out numbers and looking at mortgage rates and dealing with loan guidelines all day can get very, very boring. So this has created a whole new exciting element. Yeah. You know, uh, I didn't know you back then. I just know you now in this, uh, in this iteration. And so I'm like, I can't imagine you not in the marketing realm, on the social realm, doing all that. I'm like, what did you used to do? Because, um, you know, you've, you've really owned this part of it. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I went to school for marketing, right? But you know, the only way that a real estate professional or more, let's just stick with mortgage because that's my space. A mortgage person just did their marketing by printing out flyers and standing at open houses and handing them out at real estate agent offices and going to networking events and exchanging business cards. I haven't carried a business card in probably five years. Um, so yeah, it, it really changed, but that was my background. And I was just doing it within the parameters or the confines of what was just accepted or what was the, what was the, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, the standard at that time or the status quo for marketing within the mortgage industry. But, you know, once, and it's still evolving, of course, and it's still growing because there's so many mortgage people that have yet to adopt it, but are coming now to the, uh, to the fold. And it's certainly not too late. It's never too late to start creating a brand and having a presence online. But yeah, that's, I can, now I can't imagine myself having not done it all those, you know, when I look back, but yeah, it's only been about five, almost six years. Okay. So let's talk about, um, when, when you think about having a brand, creating a brand, what do you think the biggest mindset shift has to be for people to be like, I, I deserve to have a brand. I should have a brand. I have something to say to have a brand. Like what is it that has to change in someone before they get there? I think it's first the recognition that you already have one, whether you know it or not, because your brand is your reputation, plain and simple, right? So if you asked your referral partners and your clients, what do they think of you when it comes to the experience of working with you? That's your reputation, right? That's your brand. Now, your reputation by definition is the sum of everything that you put out into the universe, personally and professionally speaking. So when you start to think about that, and then take ownership of it, you don't have to necessarily rethink anything. You just have to be, it's just more that it's at the forefront of your mind that you're just, you're more in tune with it. It's always happening. It's always evolving. It's just there. And for many people in the industry, they don't stop to think about it because they're so focused on just being transactional. When in reality, every deal you close is a story to be told. It's a story that connects and creates hope and possibility for someone else. And that, again, is part of your reputation, but you can build a brand by just storytelling. You can build a brand by being a problem solver. You can build a brand by being this connector of people. It's limitless that way. So if I was, if I was going to try and narrow it down in terms of what the mind shift, mindset shift is, I would just say that you just you own the fact that you already have one, whether you've recognized it or not, and take full ownership of it and start working it that way as opposed to searching for it because it's already there. 
You just have to pay attention to it. It's that proactivity, right? Because like you don't want to just be reactive yeah. like things happen to you. You want to go out there and 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 cause it. When when I first um I've been working at Housing Wire for 10 years. So 10 years ago, the places you you could be on social, wanted to be on social much different than today. Um if you're just if you're just thinking about your brand and you're and you're trying it can be overwhelming to be like, okay, but where do I start? Where which social um, channel is the most important, which, you know, because you don't want to like put in all this time and effort and then like, you know, it's going to be banned. And, you know, if you think about TikTok, there's a lot of question about TikTok or, you know, is, is Musk going to go off the rails and, and X is, you know, going to be last month or whatever. How do you think about that? Well, you know, it's hard because so much of that is variable and we just don't know. So we can't necessarily operate under the, you know, the fear or the reluctance that, you know, this may be gone in a little bit of time. And I don't know if it's well worth my time because it could be five years. It could be 10 years from now. All of these platforms are an opportunity to learn and push yourself to do something different, something that's outside your comfort zone, first and foremost. But they're also a huge opportunity to reach different people. Because if you think of yourself as a media company, and this is a Gary Vaynerchuk line straight, you know, straight from a presentation or a, a keynote that he did in Vegas not too long ago. Every mortgage and real estate professional must think of themselves as a media company, just like housing wires. It's a media company. And all of these social media outlets are various channels that have different audiences. So you got to think about what kind of programming, if you're a media company, are you pushing to all of those audiences? You know, LinkedIn's your little bit more sophisticated and intentional audience. YouTube is long form and it's a much more of an educational type of platform. And then you've got your short form, your quick hitting content that's got to be easy to digest super entertaining or engaging quickly and is just is just fast you know and that's youtube shorts instagram tiktok and even facebook so when you recognize you know what the platforms are all for then you can start to curate content and having a presence on them that's more in tune with that specific platform now that being said for people that are just starting and you're trying to figure out which one there's no right one for everyone Everyone is just individually, you might find a preference or one that you lean more heavily on. Like for me personally, Instagram and LinkedIn are where I lean the heaviest. That doesn't mean they're the best for mortgage and real estate professionals. There's a lot. I know I know a lender who's out in Boston. She's a good friend and colleague of mine. She generates nonstop leads in business, not from referral sources or partners, but straight off of TikTok. She just, I mean, she's she's an expert at it. So everyone finds their little niche. But what I would suggest to everyone who's getting started is pick the platform that you spend time on consuming content already. You're already there. So if you are, you love reading articles and things on LinkedIn, if that's your place because you intentionally go there every day, you spend some time at work, that's a great place to start because you're already on it so much. If Instagram is where you're always scrolling and all of your productivity time goes down the drain because you go down the rabbit holes of Instagram every day at work, maybe that's where you start. So for each person, I think it's different, but you can pick the one that you tend to spend the most time with because I think that'll be an easier pivot and naturally something that you'll adopt. I think that's so smart because to your point, like you've already, if that's your a channel you're already on, you already understand the vibe. You've already put in hours and hours yes. um, understanding what the audience, you know, you're part of the audience. So you know what that looks like. You know what you consume already. Right. And I think the thing that's so encouraging about social media right now is it's very real and people really like, they respond to real. 
Um, they respond to who that authenticity, you know, who that person really is. And it does not have to be overly produced. It doesn't have to be sharp or whatever. It can just be, you know, I mean, how many videos do I watch a day where someone's just walking? They might be sweaty. Their hair yeah. looks bad. They're, and, you know, but I, it's what they're saying. They've connected with me in a certain way. And so um, right. it's less about what they look like. It's less about, you know, the curated background, I think. Yeah, it is. And it's not a choice any longer. You know, like when I started in this again, five or six years ago, I remember putting on events for the real estate community. And I remember there was one particular one I did just before the pandemic. I hosted about 75, 80 agents and I brought in a big panel of speakers from around the country that were all different levels of authority on various platforms like YouTube or Instagram or consulting or lead generation. And most of the agents left because I ran a survey afterwards saying, you know, did you asking them, did you like this? What did you take away from it? What are your thoughts? Most all of them gave this response that, yeah, you know, let me think about it. I might I might come back around to this or maybe I'll find a way to integrate social or, you know, it it sounds cool, but it's not for me. Basically dubbing it as something that was optional. And now, you know, four or five years later, since that exact event, which is what I look back on. It's no longer optional. Like if you are a real estate professional, if you are not online, then you're just, you know, your, your career is just kind of a, it's a ticking clock that's going backwards. Now, for people that may be nearing the tail end of their career, they've got such a huge book of business and they've always relied on that. That's fine. And some people say, well, I don't really like these platforms. I don't know. I'm not on, I'm not a TikTok user. I'm not an Instagram user. That doesn't matter because you know who is your customer, your consumer, the next wave of people that are going to be buying homes in the United States or seeking out a financing option. They're not going to follow the old tried and true methods of, well, my dad said to use this person or I walked into an open house and met a real estate agent and that's how I connected with this one and then I'm going to take the referral. I mean, that will still happen to a degree, but most people and most of this next generation, they use their, they use their devices, they seek out their own information, they trust themselves ahead of trusting anyone else and they're going to make their own decisions which means if they're not finding you online somewhere, then you're not, you're basically, you, you can't be found and no one's going to discover you. So it's not optional anymore. Everyone must do it. And I don't want that to sound daunting or scary to people. I do want it to, you know, raise the, raise the alarm in the sense that it's time to get going, but it's also a huge opportunity to really have fun and kind of re not necessarily reinvent yourself, but get in touch with or in tune with a different side of yourself because it'll push you. You're going to evolve. Yes, it's going to suck at first. And, you know, I'd love to tell you that everyone's, you know, you can be a pro at this. No, the videos that you make, the content you create in the beginning will make you cringe one year later. If I look at videos and things that I did from five years ago, I can't even watch it. It's that bad. And it's just a process. You just got to get going. You'll get better with time. You'll continue to get better, but it pushes you and it'll help make you sharper in all the right aspects of your business. Because you're going to be needing to constantly think about it. You're going to need to constantly be innovative with it. You're going to need to be sharp, you know, on top of the news, on top of the data. I mean, housing wire is an example, like as a resource for me is so huge. I would say without, you know, and this is not just because I listen to you almost every morning, Sarah, and I'm such a huge fan of everyone there at housing wire and Logan's a mentor to me, but 80% of my content, I would say, if I had to be conservative about it is somehow either inspired, rooted, or connected loosely to something that I got from housing wire. And that's just, you know, what I like to, you know, how I like to broker information, but that's, uh, that's, that's enough of me, you know, trying to 
trying to plug housing wire here, obviously. No, I appreciate it. I mean, that's, that's literally, you know, my job is to make sure that the information and news we're putting out is valuable to our audience, just like that. Like it's valuable to you personally. It's how you, um, help educate your referral partners and your customers. Like that's exactly what we're trying to do. So, and we know we, we, we look at how you uh, use it and it's just a, a pretty amazing. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you one quick thing, sir. Like, I, and this is something for people who are listening that are again, trying to think about, okay, well, I'm, if I get started, what am I going to do? All of us within all of us under the real estate umbrella now have to become information brokers. We're not real estate agents or lenders. We are information brokers, Right. It's time for us to solve problems by brokering information. If we just sit back and do nothing, the mainstream media that generally has, and it's not to get political at all. So don't, don't, no one take this this way just because I said the words mainstream media. It's that information comes out. It's generally made specifically in a black and white fashion, black or white. Like it, it's, it's, it's telling you this or it's telling you that, which generally can stoke either fear or confusion. And if we let the mainstream media narrate the entire real estate landscape for us, then we're doing consumers a disservice. We're doing our own industries a huge, huge disservice. So we have to literally stand there in the middle and intercept that information and broker it out to our audiences and the communities that we've built online and say, here's what this means. This came out today. Here's what this means for you. Here's my thought on this, or here's why this is wrong, or here's why this is confusing. Housing wire for me already intercept because there's no agenda or anything with housing wire it's just straight rooted in data and incredible high level thought leadership like the absolute best in the country so when i read things off of housing wire it's basically doing the work for me i put my own personal thoughts on it and i rebroker that information out there but in terms of the mainstream media there's an opportunity all the time if you just scroll through and just read it daily to take articles to take pieces to take thoughts to take segments Put your own clarification or translation on it and give that information out to the audience. And if you do this for a short enough period of time, but consistently, you'll see that it'll build community and people will start to really trust you. And that's ultimately the responsibility we have with these platforms. I love it. So let's let's talk a little bit about how you split your time, because here you have you are, you know, you're with All Western Mortgage, right? So you have, you're in yes. sales and business development for All Western Mortgage, but then you also um, have launched the LFG Energy Society, um, studios, uh, you know, events, all of these kind of things. How do you balance those two things? There's no such thing, Sarah, as balance. <laughs> it's just like, it's just a matter of finding harmony for all this stuff. That's the word I like to use uh, or the expression with it. And it's, you know, the LFG energy thing was a bit of a, it started off as just an idea or a mantra. And then it turned into this now passion project that's tied back to real estate, but, in, you know, incorporates media. LFG energy and LFG stands for without using any profane language, exactly what you think it stands for. It's let's effing go. And I kind of, it's, I mean, and I'm not the one who coined that phrase. It's been out there for a long time, but I would say it a lot, you know, when I, before I would go compete when I competed for Team USA, when I would coach my guys on the national team in the world championships, that's like something we'd always say. But I feel like it harnesses this like internal energy of saying, no, I'm not going to cower. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to be scared. I've got this. I'm going to be the light. I'm going to be the force. I'm going to get things done. And so every time there's been a market shift or every time things get tough, I feel like that's what we all, all of us within real estate have to tap into. So I just started saying it and then I 
had this LFG energy logo created by a good friend of mine, someone that I coach on the national team because he's an artist as well. He came up with a logo. And then we first came up with LFG Energy Presents. And that became the entity at which I would host these real estate events and gatherings and masterminds. The society, we just launched in November, and I wanted it to basically be something above, something alternative to a mastermind. There's so many masterminds that are going on around the country within the real estate space. But a society is like a higher level sense of community. It's something that is collaborative or where people give because masterminds people pay to be part of, and I'm part of plenty of them and I love every bit of them. And you go there to receive, you, you pay and then you receive. Whereas with a society, I wanted it to be more collaborative where people give, people share their own stories, their own insights, because everyone has something, regardless of what level of success you have, you all have a frame of reference to be able to give something and lift others up and inspire. So it's not just the real estate community, although the majority of our members and people that are joining now as we've gotten started are from underneath that umbrella, but it's going to get wider and wider. And it's trying to create community of positivity, of lifting others, a sense of learning and connection and proximity to people and professionals and public figures that they would have otherwise not have access to. So it's a big online community. And then we'll have, we'll have in-person events. But I'm doing all of this because it helps better the industry. It helps better others, which is my first and foremost priority is helping others, which in turn leads back into my mortgage and real estate business also. So it's kind of like I've created this ecosystem almost by accident of doing all these things. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, I still help people get into homes, you know, as well, because that's my first job is being a mortgage banker. But I've got a great team that helps me in support with that. So it's a little bit of everything. But to fully answer your question, Sarah, and bring it back, there's no balance with it. You just kind of you just kind of put effort and energy into what's going at that moment and make sure you have the right great group of people around you to help shore up the other aspects and then just kind of change gears when you can. But it's made things a lot of fun. It's graying my hair out faster than having two daughters. That's for sure. I think by the time we do this again, I'll have a full white head, but uh, I'm having fun with it. Well, and and let's just say, I mean, the last event that you had, I mean, you had Ryan Serhant as a as a guest speaker, right? As the keynote speaker. So these are not small time kind of things you're doing here. No, we're trying to, I'm trying to create proximity because I've felt in a big theme of that last event that we had with Ryan and Clayton was there as well, which was awesome to have him as part of it. It meant a lot. But, you know, a big thing is like, look, when when times get tough and, you know, anytime there's been difficulty or strain or challenge within markets, I know personally that anytime I kind of wrote it out or made up, you know, a pivot or a hard right turn towards success or getting out of it or navigating through it was not because the market changed. It was because I changed. It was because I got around better people or the rooms that I was in and spending time in and learning from others were that good to where I was able to gain the insights or gain the knowledge or gain the inspiration or just that spark, whatever it is, and get out of them. Because I have always recognized that it takes one handshake, one conversation, one keynote that you listen to, one takeaway, which is why events are so important. It's why community is so important. It's why I go back to Housing Wire Annual every year. Like, the connections and everything I make within the industry, which then come back to my events, is so huge. There's so much synergy, but I recognize that and I want to always create that for other people because I know how important it's been for me. So that's why bringing in big names like Ryan Serhant and David Meltzer and other inspirational figures and marketers and thought leaders from around the country to give my real estate community the access to these people, even if it's for a brief period of time. And hopefully it moves the needle in their business or in their personal lives, which ultimately will then affect their business. So that's why I do it. 
Let's talk about, you know, 2024, it's shaping up to be a more, uh, a better year for those in real estate in mortgage. I mean, we definitely feel some momentum going into this year. We see that we're going to have lower rates and, you know, it just feels like, okay, things are, you know, this time last year was pretty grim looking forward. What are you excited about when you look at 2024? I think just all the opportunity that's out there, right? Like we're going to see some shifts and movement and rates, and it's not going to be a straight line in any direction, whether it's flatlining up or down. I think there's going to be some bumps. And then we're, of course, heading into a very, very uh, exciting, if you want to call it that, but it's going to be an extraordinary news and market cycle with an, an election that's 12 months out, less than 12 months now. And so I'm excited for the circus. I'm excited for all the opportunity and the frenzy that's going to ensue. And, you know, and just, again, there's challenges there, but I think for all of us that continue to do the work, that continue to market and, and try and make ourselves as well known as possible because best known beats best every time, always. So forging that and focusing on the things that we can control, this market will present huge, huge opportunities. And when there is another imminent shift, again, whatever direction that may, may be in, those that have been prepared and staying in motion and staying active and staying engaged will benefit from it. And I intend to be one of those people, you know, because I'm out here to serve and help as many people as possible, even if it's not resulting in transactions. If it's just putting on webinars monthly to help calm people's fears or clarify confusion, because there's so much of it and it's not going to end, guys. Like it's going to be out there. Like again, I said, it's going to be a wild cycle these next 11 months. So, putting others first and just serving and trying to help as many people as possible and solve as many problems as you can. That's the opportunity. That's what I'm most excited about. And I feel like the business metric will just take care of itself. I love that. Well, I cannot uh, close this without asking you about your Olympic experience. We have a, um, one of our reporters, Brooklyn Han is an Olympian and I have never seen anyone work so hard. And um, I mean, she's just unparalleled what she can get done in a day at a very high level in excellence. So tell me a little bit about you and your background in martial arts and how that might inform what you do right now. So I've, you know, I think as an athlete, it doesn't, it didn't necessarily tie to the business other than a fixation on process and trying to get better, which is big. I shouldn't discount that because every opportunity in the gym or training, and you don't have to be a, uh, an athlete that is competing at an international level to be able to subscribe or adhere to this, even, even just going in every day or every other day for your own wellness, your own mental sanity. Every day in the gym, just like every day in the office is an opportunity to get better. And that's the mindset I take into it, right? Just get better incrementally, even just one bit. Did I get better today? Did I improve? Did I learn something new today? So I feel like I gave, you know, the gym my all. Did, did we get better as a result of being in here doing the work? And if you did and you start stacking those days on top of each other, those days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, and you have a big block of time of improvement. And then you start to notice this change within yourself. So I got started in Taekwondo because I got bullied as a kid. So I've been doing it now for about, it's, uh, it would be 36 years now I've been doing Taekwondo. And so I got bullied as a kid and watched the original Karate Kid, the real original one, the Mr. Miyagi one. And then I begged my mom to put me in a martial arts class of some kind. She found one at the YMCA in our hometown of Reno. And the rest was kind of history. And then I competed internationally for Team USA in 2007. And was fortunate to win in the very first world championships that I competed in. And then I stayed a competitor until 2014 and retired then, uh, winning in my last one that I did. And then I stayed on as Team USA co-head coach and just stepped down from that. 
But being a coach actually has had more parallels to the mortgage business because being a coach and being a mortgage advisor really are no different, I feel, because you're taking someone from point A to point B, from renter to owner, from aspiring athlete to world champion, from someone with no confidence to someone who now walks with a totally different pep in their step, or from someone who's a saver to becoming an investor. Like, it's just, it's guiding and you being there alongside them. So I feel like those hats are the same. And that's, and that's what's made, you know, that's what's kind of brought the two worlds together in a way, because I feel like they just don't, there's just so much synergy there between the two of them. But it's been a huge, huge part of my life um, in terms of connection and self-understanding and also how I view the world and, and also want to serve and give back to others. And that ties into mortgage as well. So I'll do it for the rest of my life because it's pretty much a religion and obviously start teaching my daughters as soon as they're able to because they're both a little too little for it now, but they'll get there one day. And uh, yeah, and that's my background in martial arts. I love it. Well, Arjun, I feel like we could talk all day. There's so many interesting things about what you're doing. Um, thanks for being on. Thanks for sharing um, not just the the very specific things, but really the mindset that that is helping you do so well in this market. And uh, we really appreciate it. No, I appreciate you, Sarah, and everything you guys do. You're like I said, you're a big part of my morning. Your podcast is. I listen to at the gym and everything you do to serve and give to the real estate community and national audience that you guys meet, it's clearly showing up in how well the podcast is doing. So I'm honored and really, really excited. It's a thrill for me to actually be a guest on it. So thank you so much for having me on. And let, one question for you, Sarah, I got to ask you in return, what is it like battling with Logan on a regular basis? <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. And actually, um, I always try to figure out like, what would the audience want me to ask him? Or what is it that I need to clarify? Or he'll say stuff and I'm like, no, 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 wait, we have to talk about that. You're not just going to drop that in there like, you know, and then go on. Um, and, you know, he has a, a whole different knowledge base than I do. So I respect that. But I also respect the uh, uh, ability to question him whenever I want to. So I, I think it's a lot of fun. No, you do a great job with it. You you definitely put him in his place. It's It's entertaining at times to really hear you two go back and forth. But He's a huge mentor of mine. So listening to you guys is obviously a thrill because you run a great podcast and you run a really good uh, uh, whole question breakdown for him and how you push him and peel back layers. And obviously hearing him is big because uh, that's how I learn too. So it's a, it's, a, it's a great combination. You guys do it well. Oh, thank you so much. We will have you on again soon. And thanks so much for sharing your day with us. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.